0: Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm here to radiate desire with Kristen Thomas, who is a relationship, dating, and certified sex coach. I have been so excited about this because I think it's an important topic. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so glad to be here. Yay! So, wow, you do a lot of stuff. I do. And, uh, okay, so relationship, dating, Mm -hmm. and certified sex coach. That's huge. And you just
1: got this... Certification? certification yeah wow how long does that take it took me two years i mean people can move a little faster on it but i i wanted to really absorb the sexology part right. um the, the coaching and the business aspect i felt was pretty easy for me so that part of my studies was fast but mm-hmm. i really wanted to make sure that i absorbed everything there's a lot of reading and a lot of writing and a lot of research involved so.
0: wow that
1: is so exciting
0: and so who, who like, does the certification process?
1: There are actually several programs out uh-huh. there. Um, I did a lot of research when I decided to start going down this path. I, I got inspired by a podcaster, and full disclosure, she said, I went through this program, but like, I just want to tell people about my process and why I became a sex coach. And hers yeah. was more about like her journey led her to realize that she wished she'd had someone along her path to help her unlock her innermost desires. And she didn't have that. She had a difficult time finding that herself. Um, and that is why a lot of people coach, right? It's because right. they've been through situations where they felt like, gosh, I wish I had someone that had held my hand for this journey. Exactly. Um, and when it comes to sex, a lot of people in the Midwest need some support. We do.
0: Yeah. They, there are books and things out there. You can certainly talk to people, but... Here in the Midwest, it's like we don't talk about it.
1: Mm-mm. It's right. so, so taboo. And a lot of people have said, why don't you move to the coast where you could have more open-minded clients? Because like, we need the help here. We need it, honey. We need it here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is
0: huge. Oh, and you've had um, some some other recent successes. You helped relaunch the
1: LGBTQ. Well, I'm nope. um, an ambassador with the LGBT Chamber. Wonderful. And they... Um, rebranded recently right. so they wanted to be more inclusive and it was just the gay and lesbian chamber now it's the lgbt chamber so um just happened to be out there promoting it simply because um as a bisexual woman it was really uh-huh. important that i i'm represented and that others are represented um and as well as people in the trans community are represented there too so yeah. i'm just happy to be a part of the the, the program there
0: no kidding. And you have a podcast of your own. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that.
1: Um, so, my so again, my company is Open the Doors Coaching. Yes. And I like puns, so it's called Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching.
0: I love it. And so you talk about all kinds of to- topics around sex. I do.
1: Yeah. And I, I have activists on <clears throat> as well. I had mm-hmm. the Barrier Babes on recently who are out Wonderful. in the community doing education around barrier protection.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was part of that crew back in the 80s going to the clubs and handing out condoms
1: so I had them on recently Um, I had one of my business mentors Joel Barrett who's an LGBT writer, speaker, author just kind of gatherer says. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've also just had friends on who want to talk about all the dating apps that are out there I did a dating app review on my last episode that's an exciting topic yeah so I like to talk about a lot of different topics and I do talk about people's sex lives too so as much as they want to talk about it of course
0: Right. Do you talk about your own as well? Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, and okay. <laughs> yeah, fact, I think you said that uh, you warned your parents about that. I told them. I tell stories, so be warned. So, <laughs> but I mean, it's nothing that I wouldn't tell them in person. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like your parents are pretty supportive of what they you are. do. They are. They are. I mean, my mom still says I'm a life coach, but. I'm working on it. I, no, my, my parents are wonderful. They've been married for almost 40 years. Wow. Um, I've always known that they have, like, a healthy, mm-hmm. intimate life, but it was not really talked about. Right. So that's something that I'm also talking about other people with, especially people my age who now have yeah. children, is that it's okay for your kids to know that mom and dad have sex. It's okay for them to know what sex is, um, both from a biological function standpoint, but also from the standpoint of talking about things like consent and desire and real intimacy. Yes. That
0: That is is important. I think that's really the the biggest part of, especially here in the Midwest, we don't really talk about that intimacy and vulnerability and... Mm -hmm. Oh like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so happy there are people like you here. Thank
1: you.
0: <laughs> and your uh, company is called Open the Doors
1: Coaching. Mm-hmm. And so why did you call it that? Uh, I was actually working through that business name with my mentor. Um, my mentor, Ann, was with SCORE. She actually passed away this year.
0: SCORE so. is a wonderful organization, Score SCORE.org. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can get a business mentor.
1: Yeah, so Ann Woody was my mentor. She was yeah. fabulous. And one of my biggest things when I was first starting was... I, I have this idea and I don't have a name for it. And of course right. you're you're between do I call it something based on my name like Kristen Thomas coaching or do I give it like right. a name? Right. Um, and when you think about like she walked me through the legal aspects of that um, forming an LLC and everything that I had as far as options and I decided mm-hmm. to go with you know an entity name not use my name. And she was like, "What do you really want to say? What are you doing? What are you what are you what are you doing for people?" Right. And I said, "I just want to help people open their minds and open doors to new possibilities." And I kept going back to this opening and doors metaphor, and right. we kind of worked through it, and just landed on open the doors coaching.
0: Right. Well, you know, we always talk about
1: things that go on beyond behind closed doors,
0: mm-hmm. right? Well, open that up. Let's talk about
1: it. Yeah. Plus, it's so common as far as a turn of phrase that you know, yeah. people will use it and be like, oh, and Kind of, it keeps me front of mind too because it's just a phrase that people use. So.
0: It is, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's really smart. You've had a, you had a good I mentor. I had a good
1: mentor, yes. You really did. And how long have you been in business doing this? Uh, almost two and a half years now.
0: Good for you. Yeah. I know we met at the Wellness Consortium. Yes. If you're in Kansas City and you're listening to this podcast, you need to be a member of the Wellness Consortium Agreed. no matter what you do. Yes. Right? If, if you're can... out there
1: helping people, mm-hmm. a service based business, especially. <coughs> yeah got to be in that
0: group and the wellness consortium they're easy to find
1: I've had a lot of (coughs) podcast guests that have come
0: from that oh that's
1: wonderful yeah
0: Yeah, I have too as a matter of fact (laughs) many of us right it's a great source well good and um so what got you into this why why did you want to do this I mean we hinted a little bit that you thought it was needed here and it is Mm -hmm. but
1: what's your why my why is, again, I just wish that somebody had been there along the path to help me understand what I really wanted and needed in mm-hmm. my life. Okay. Um, took me a long time to come out as a bisexual person just because I didn't have anyone who was really telling me it was okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of stigma out there about it. There's a lot um, of people telling you it was not okay. Yeah. Or or that it's just on your way to being gay. And I'm like, well, right. I still like men. I, I mean, I like yeah. both. I really do like both. Right. Um... But I just didn't have anyone who was giving me permission. Yeah. And I think that that's essential, is that a lot of people that I work with, what they're really looking for is permission for pleasure. Yeah. And that has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't have judgment on certain things that a lot of other people do. Right. Oftentimes, I'm that first person that people can come to and express themselves. Mm-hmm in a safe place and not feel judged and the right. weight that it lifts from their shoulders to help them feel like, wow, okay, if she accepts me, there's other people out there who will accept me. I love so that. So I give people a lot of freedom for their their desire, whatever it may be. Oh, I like, love and, that. If it's sane, safe, and consensual, it's all good. If you're an adult and you're consenting to it, do what you like. And there's somebody out there who'll like it too.
0: I'm sure so. there is. Yeah. Do you find you, you that you work with more straight people or... Uh, Gay or lesbian or bi? I it's
1: a good mix. but Right now, I do have a lot of straight <coughs> single women. Mm-hmm. Um, some divorced, some widowed, some perpetually oh, sure. single who right. just never have been married. Right. Uh, or, you know, like, um, perpetually monogamous relationships and just never right. really going anywhere. Oh, okay, so. interesting. So you find you do work with more women? Right now, I've got yeah. a pretty good blend. It's about 60, 40, or 70, 30 ish women to men, but there was a time where I was, had almost all men that I was working with. I was like, what's going on? But what's going on? I, right. I enjoy whoever I get the chance to work with. Um, yeah. Anybody who's open-minded enough to come and say, I have this issue, I don't know who to talk to about it. Just did. Yeah.
0: Well, and even knowing that there is help or that you can mm-hmm. make a change in this area. Yeah. I think especially around the, the dating, we tend to get in ruts
1: of dating. and oh, how, yeah.
0: Yeah. So how do you find your coaching is different between, like, relationship and dating and sex coaching?
1: It can kind of, you know, intertwine. of but, course. But, yeah, sometimes, especially when I'm working with a couple, and it's right. more about... Yeah, you know, they may come saying it's about the sex, right. but really it's about the, the relationship that's yeah. underlying. Yeah. Even singles may come to me and say, like, it's about not being able to find somebody, but really they don't know themselves well enough in order right. to put themselves out there and attract the kind of person that they want. Right. So I do do a lot of work with introspe- introspection and just figuring themselves out. you got to focus on what you want. Right. But if you're not the things that you desire in somebody else, it's hard to bring that energy into your life.
0: It is, yeah. So I do
1: talk a lot about that, too.
0: Well, even with my clients who are trying to, it's like, when am I going to get married? When am I going to meet somebody? Well, when you are the person that you would want to date, mm-hmm. right? Then you, know, then you know what you're going to attract. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the relationship. That's, it's really hard to have intimacy with someone you don't trust. Yes,
1: it is very hard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there are often times where people come to me and express, like, they do have some issues with anger or trust in their relationship. And quite honestly, sure. that's not what I help people with. Um, okay. At that point, I do often refer them out for therapy.
0: Yeah. Um, Because
1: that's something that's a little deeper beyond what coaching can help with. Because that has to work with the past. You've got to get past the past in order to be ready for coaching. Right. I really say that I work with happy, well people. Right. um, But people who kind of already know what's in their baggage. It's already sorted out. (laughs) Good. And then they're ready for me. Yeah. Wow. And so what types of issues do people come to you with? Oh gosh, um, I know, right? Uh, so many things: uneven desire, you know, mismatched oh, sure. desire between the couple. Yeah. Um, one person wanting to try something, and the other person's like, I don't know all this. Um, gosh, one couple came to me because they'd lost a child, and one was ready for another, and one was not, and oh, sure. like they just, she was experiencing a lot of shame about sexuality um, oh. from her religious upbringing. Sure. Um, and he still has some things with his religious upbringing that were lingering as well. So right. for them, it was just about helping them kind of remove some of the walls that they built up. Sure. And help them kind of start over with a clean slate. That's and they're good. so incredibly happy now. I lo- they were my first couple I worked with. And ah! I got the chance to have coffee with her a couple months ago. She brought a notebook with this. List of all the things she wanted to tell me about everything that was going so well in their lives, and oh, the moment she is. sat down, I just looked at her. I was like, "I don't know what you're about to say, but your energy just looks great." She's like, "We're so good. We're so happy." Oh my god, so that is that's, wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, that's exciting. They were my favorite. I love them. I'll oh, never oh. ever forget them. Um, but like with singles, like <laughs> widows trying to help them get their hearts ready for oh, love absolutely. again. Absolutely. Um, one gal just had, had a series of. A, relationships that just knocked down her self-esteem and she worked through with therapy which was kind of like, okay, I've, I've gotten through the things, but I'm not moving forward. Yeah. Um, so hers was a little bit about looking at permission for pleasure yeah. and permission to like allow herself to just move forward in life and giving her some exercises yeah. around exploring her own sexuality. Yeah. Because if she you know, was like, if you don't know yourself, you can't share yourself with a partner.
0: Yeah. And you can't se- expect someone to give you pleasure if you don't know what that pleasure is. Right. Yeah. And that's
1: something that I think is essential to think about, too, is that yeah. even if you're having sex with a partner, it is not your partner's responsibility to make you experience pleasure. Right. It's your responsibility to take charge of your own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Well, that means guiding your partner, telling them what you like, reinforcing what they're doing, but also yeah. relaxing, getting out of your headspace, and allowing yourself to be present. I think that's wonderful. So what,
0: ha- what is the goal of having pleasure, in our sex life. it's like, what does that do for us?
1: Oh gosh, so many things. I mean, um, when you get onto like the the biological level, talk about the neurotransmitters that are flowing through your body when you experience pleasure, Uh, you know, women and even men who are experiencing low libido, something Mm -hmm. I often recommend is a masturbation routine Mm -hmm. simply because just like working out, when you start working out, you don't like it. But right. it, you're, you're getting those positive chemicals, but you're not quite there. And then once you get into a routine, your body craves it, and you want to work out because your right. body's telling you you need those chemicals flowing through your system. Yeah. Masturbation induces basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. It floods your system with dopamine and endorphins and norepinephrine and oxytocin and all the good stuff, and it flushes out cortisol, which, as we know, is so harmful to our systems. It is, yeah. Um, but as you're doing that, your body's going, ooh, I like that. I want more. So... Once you've jump-started right. it with a routine of having an orgasm through masturbation right, and your body's wanting those chemicals, yeah, oh, well, suddenly you magically have a libido, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not its not rocket science. It is just biology. You've got to train sure. your body into wanting something. Yes. And women's response cycles are very different from men's. That's true. Um, men tend to want sex and then get turned on, whereas women have to get turned on and then want sex. They're more proactive, more, more reactive. Yeah. So, do you coach couples through? That's a lot of what I do too. Is like sure. it was helping them. Okay, let's be real. We don't have the best sex education in the United States. Right. It's all very perfunctory. It's about biology. It's about reproduction or exactly. prevention exactly. of that pre- or this of STIs.
0: Exactly. This is what's going on with your body. Yeah. And this is what can happen
1: with your body. And that's about it. I'm not even really telling you what's going on with the other gender's no. body. No. We didn't know about testicles and, and sperm and all those things. No. when We weren't getting those things in school until we were a little older in high school biology and <laughs> things, and it was the giggles and everyone's shy about it. Right. Um, part of what I feel like I'm here to do is mm-hmm. to help remove some of that shyness around sex. And awesome. we're all here because of sex. <laughs> <We are. laughs> yeah. Not all of us have sex because there are asexual people. Right. Um, but... What I'm really here to do, I think, is just help people gain a better understanding about yeah. themselves and about others. Um, because I think that sex is just such a basic biological function that when you understand not just yourself, but how mm-hmm. other people can function, right, even if it's not for you or you don't have anyone in your life that functions that way. Like, right. if you don't have someone in your life that's trans, that's okay. If you understand what they're going through, you've got a basic empathy and can kind of move about the world. And when you do run into somebody... You can be a good human being, you know. Just not, not get weirded out by it. I mean, some people have never had a gay person in their life. Some people have right. uh, never met somebody who's polyamorous. But right, I want to help people understand that there's a whole rainbow of flavors out there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you got all the crayons in the box. Yes, exactly. So yeah, there's just a whole lot of ways that people live their lives, oh, and
0: absolutely,
1: everyone's unique experience is unique to their, their lives. Um, and it's not mm-hmm. up to us to necessarily have those experiences right. in order to understand and empathize what they're going through.
0: Right, absolutely. But just to empathize and mm-hmm. just have an understanding of what another person might be feeling. Yes. Novel concept. Yeah. Well, let's talk about desire. Because yeah. we talked a bit about, you know, unmatched desire. Mm-hmm. Miss, is like one person is really feeling it, the other person is not. Yeah. It's like how to get on the same page. But, like, someone is not feeling desire, how can they... How can they work through that?
1: I think oftentimes in a couple situation yeah. where they're not experiencing the same level of sexual desire, it's because right. there is, again, something underlying that's pushing someone away from their partner. Mm-hmm. So it is about finding a way to help them turn more towards each other. Like, one of the first things right. I explore is, like, what's that bid <clears throat> like? When when your partner is right. coming to you wanting intimacy, what's it look like? What's it feel like? What's that experience right. like? Right. And then let's also talk about the concepts that you've built up around it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like
0: that. Exactly. What's the story? Mm-hmm. What's, What's the story, the story you're telling told?
1: yourself, right? Right. Yeah. two one of my favorite things I pick up from Brene Brown. What's the story you're telling yourself? I love Brene Brown. Huh. Yes. Yeah, I use her a lot, especially her and Esther Perel are two thought leaders I turn to a lot when I right. work with couples, mm-hmm. especially about shame and vulnerability and all oh, that stuff with yeah. Brene Brown. Um, Sometimes with exploring the differences in libido, it's um, it's important for me to help them realize that like sex isn't the only way that you can experience intimacy. Right. That what are you doing to to build up through the day? Are you touching each other? Are you kissing each other? Do yeah. you speak positively to each other? Are you speaking each other's love languages? Right. All those things. That's huge. And so if I get them back to a fundamental place where they are actually experiencing like a good basic friendship. Yeah, and oftentimes it's a lot easier to start getting them to want to have more fun in the bedroom together. Right, exactly. Oh, that's
0: that's wonderful. And um, so did you... Just like immediately start your career with doing this, or did you do something before?
1: I was actually a weight loss coach. That was where really? I first got my start with coaching. Oh, how fun. And I've <laughs> joked that you know when you're helping women lose weight, because it was primarily women that were our clients in that industry. um right. But when you're helping women with their weight loss journey, you talk a lot about sex and relationships, and that's a lot more fun to talk about than a diet.
0: Right. And we had
1: a lot of women who would like get to their goal weight and get pregnant come back again and lose the baby weight. Like, Mm -hmm. just seeing the changes in people's lives was something that I really, really loved. Um, And yes, talking about their relationships and their sex lives wasn't something that was part of the program. But let's be real, when someone was pouring their heart out about how their husband doesn't want to touch them anymore and they don't feel sexy and they don't want to, like, take their clothes off with the lights on. Right. All those things that just really hit me that there's a lot of people who need help in that arena right um whether it's again self-acceptance or um again unwinding some of those stories that they've told themselves yeah a lot of times those women who are uncomfortable getting naked in front of their spouse with the lights on the husband does not care he doesn't care he does not care about your stretch marks he doesn't care about your boobs aren't as high as they used to be right he doesn't care about the zit on your butt right he just wants you Exactly. And there's so many women that have the anxiety over all those things. And there's men too that have the an anxiety with their partners. Right. let be real, men have body image issues too. They do more and more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, I love helping people work through those things.
0: Oh, I think that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so, like, how would, how would, you, how would you approach somebody who's coming to, the, to you for the first time?
1: Well, I I like doing a discovery call with people, which is just a a a 30-minute call for us to just talk about their issues, um, their concerns, and what it is they're really coming to me for. That way I can really see, like, are you wanting... You know, because some people come saying, like, oh, I just need some some life coaching. My life's not going so great right now. But they really are wanting to focus on their their dating life. Like, that's the big part is, like, the unhappiness in their life stems from them being single. Right. Um... Again, sometimes you know people come wanting to talk about just the sex part. And it's really about the relationship, right? Um, or I'm, I get one partner who wants to come, but their other partner's reluctant. So again, that the initial yeah. call, we kind of work through some of those. Well, things. and
0: are these uh, really issues you can help with, or do they need someone who needs to do more in-depth therapy, therapy?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: or is it a medical issue, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. so that's important to just kind of get a baseline, kind of ground, yeah. uh, ground.
1: Uh, you know, level to and I'll
0: be real with what strength. I do
1: I sometimes get people calling me that aren't exactly looking for um coaching they're looking for other things so like I tell you what I've got a friend that um is a professional phone so sex operator I'm happy to give you her direct line because that's not what I do so Eight. good luck with that
0: Film sex operator. Phone sex phone operator. Phone sex operator. Yeah. Oh, Again, right. you know,
1: through what I do, I have met a lot of really interesting people. I'm so sure you
0: have. My
1: very first podcast I was guest on was called mm-hmm. Must love Fetish, and she's a professional phone sex operator. And she has, she's a character. Her name is Sweetly Sensual Sarah. I mean, I know who she is in real life, but... Right. Um, yeah. She built a, a persona, and yeah, she's a professional phone sex operator. <laughs> oh, interesting! I'll bet you do know some interesting people. Oh, I yes, former adult film stars, dominatrix. Um, yes, I know a dominatrix too. Yeah, 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 yeah. People who own sex clubs. Wow! But also people who are just out there again, um, doing like therapy, somatic therapy. Um, right. I, I, I the whole there's so many people out there right that can help people with their sex lives like. Yeah. A coach isn't the only aspect. Maybe they do need to take a trip to a state where surrogacy is legal and work with somebody through that process. Oh, wow. Um, maybe they do need to go and find somebody to participate in some BDSM with. Right. Maybe they're ready to open their relationship up. But, I, again, my, my judgment is just not about right. any of those things. Again, if it's safe, and consensual, you're all good. Right. My job is just to provide people with ideas, resources, Um, and help them feel comfortable doing things in a way that's safe and makes them feel content.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm sure you probably run across couples where one couple wants to do something like polyamory Mm -hmm. and another does not. Mm -hmm.
1: Is there any way to reconcile that? Uh, No, there's... uh, I really feel, and there's a lot of discussion about this out there, that the way you structure a relationship is almost an orientation at this point. People are either monogamous or they're poly or open or ethically non-monogamous. And I mean, like, they're just there. I don't feel as any reconciling a partner being monogamy-minded versus the other partner who's polyamorous.
0: Right. Right. Well, and of course, there are people who want to try S and M, and the other mm-hmm. partner doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And so then that's about negotiating the contract between yeah. the partners. Yeah. Can one partner go out and experience pleasure with somebody else and get that fulfillment? Again, if that one partner is saying, no, I won't participate in those things, and I'm also monogamy-minded, that's probably a deal-breaker. Right. But, again, a lot of a lot of times mm-hmm. people get to that point because they haven't been honest up with themselves up until right. that point. So that's something that I'm also trying to help people with from the get-go. Gosh, if I could get to, like, you know, 20-somethings, Oh, yeah. In a way that helps them feel like, okay, I can safely <clears throat> explore these things that I'm fantasizing about in this context and right. with these partners. Then, that would be. I think something. we'd have a lot fewer, you know, 30s, 40s, 50-year-olds who are suddenly like, actually, I'm gay. Or, actually, I think we need to open our marriage up. Or, you know, right. those things didn't just suddenly happen. They probably spent the years of- and years and years exploring those things. Right. Even in... in the privacy either online or in secret or things like that. And that's where issues arise. Right. I really feel like if people were dishonest with themselves first and foremost, it now it allows them to move out the world being authentically themselves.
0: Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, Please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And do you ever help people who are um, not aware of their
1: orientation? I haven't yet. Right. Um, It's been more about people working through the public part like they knew themselves but it was mm-hmm. more about like how do coming I kind of start moving about the world being more open with it with other people yeah
0: okay that where they were okay with it in themselves where they could be open with it mm-hmm. yeah when well, you have a coming
1: out as well yeah I came out a couple of years ago as bisexual and yeah. it was uh, kind of a quiet coming out right like, I didn't you know when in you're in May- your 30s and you've been yeah. married twice people are like oh okay oh, that's right. just a, yeah, okay yeah But, you know, it's kind of at that point, like, my friends understand it. No, it's just, it's not even a big deal at this point. But as a bisexual woman who does date both, like, when I'm with a man, I feel like I'm having to come out. When I'm with a woman, I feel like I'm having to come out. Like, um, bisexual people are kind of the most, right now, we talk about how we're the most invisible group amongst the LGBTQIA Mm -hmm. community asexuals are pretty far up there too as far as invisibility um right. but there's a lot of stigma around bisexuality because it's either okay if you're with a man you're not really bi or exactly. there's this thing about like you do it for the male gaze it's about threesomes or multiples and it's not often about that um and then if you end up with a woman it's like oh well you were just that bi thing that was just you know you're on your way to being gay it's like no no i still like both mm. so, right yeah there's there's a lot of well, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great pages and groups and um, communities that you can follow that that talk a lot about the the stigma that comes along with being bisexual and just kind of the like nope still here, still here. You know, I talk <laughs> yeah, talk about bi vis- by bi- visibility a lot.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And how did you how did you
1: know that you were bi? I fantasized about women for a long time. I just had sure. never allowed myself. I was brought up very, very Baptist. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. gay was, like, no way that was not going to, like, exactly. it was basically told, like, there's no way, but, you know, like, that kind of stuff. But then the, the, like, bisexual stuff in college, like, you'd see girls right. kissing each other and stuff, and I, I actually never kissed a girl until, like, even three years ago. Yeah. Um, just because, again, I had so much internalized stigma about it myself. Yeah. And... I just finally got to the point where I was over it. And part of my journey in becoming a certified sex coach Mm -hmm. was me really taking a step back and analyzing my own life. Right. Um, So while I had kind of internally accepted it, I hadn't verbalized it. And it wasn't until I went to, um, it's called SAR, which is a Sexual Attitude um, Readjustment Assessment. It's kind of just to help you get bombarded with lots of information. And it's to help you have more of a visceral reaction so yeah. that you're starting to see like what am I okay with? What am I not? So uh-huh. then when you are out there working in the community, you understand what populations you're cool with working with and what you're not. Cuz they would rather say like, "All right, if you're not cool working with trans individuals, that's fine. Don't work with them. Other people will. Know right. your own boundaries." Yeah. And know what you're okay with, but also explore like what's what are you not okay with? Right. So, as I went through that process, I found there's just nothing I'm not okay with except medical fetish, which I don't even want We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. I don't think I want to know. Nope. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but everything else, I'm like, mm, yep. Mm. Things that are illegal, it's for like pedophilia bestiality. I'm not saying I'm okay with that. No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no, no I'm no. saying, again, saying, say, consensual. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So consent must be present. So if consent's not present, those things are excluded. I came across a consent app What do you, you heard of that? What, basically, like, both partners are putting in, like, okay, we consent Mm -hmm. to this. Right. Yeah. (sighs) I I think that's a bit extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I think that sitting down, consent can look very sexy. Consent doesn't have to be, like, so I would really like to have sex tonight. Are you okay with that? Right. Um, But what it can look like is conversations of, I would really enjoy doing this with you tonight. What do you think about that? And right. kind of talking about, like, what's the menu of options? What's available to choose from? What do you like mm-hmm. to do? And having that conversation beforehand. It can be very sexy. Yes, it can be very sexy. It can be a quite a turn-on because then you can, again, start figuring out where, where are your boundaries. Start talking about what is what a turn-on for you. Right. Well, and um, you know the other person wants you. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you
0: express that I do desire yeah. this relationship, and so yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of out on the whole consent app because it's like maybe you consent one time, but you don't consent another time. can be revoked exactly, yeah,
1: absolutely. So like that's the thing. Is <clears throat> When you start getting into stuff like that, I feel like then you're just, you're, you're mechanizing it. And that's just, that's not sexy.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, bringing the lawyers into the bedroom, no, no not no. sexy. Like,
1: and again, I can't see, where we made a valid point where that could be problematic of, since consent can be revoked at any point, even if you've done that, if you're in the middle of it and you're like, yeah, not into this, I want to stop. You can't, right. I'm not going to have someone go back and say like, well, you just signed this document or this app, or whatever.
0: Exactly. Or in no. cases of non-consensual sex, of uh, mm-hmm. rape. No. You know, it's like, well, they signed this, but, well, that was one night, and right? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's I can problematic, see that can be sure. problematic. Yeah, absolutely. But you did mention that there are some apps you do like, and I know a lot of people who have met online. My yes. brother and sister-in-law met online. You know, what do you recommend?
1: There are a lot of dating apps out there that are really Good. Right? kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess. I actually did a podcast. Uh, That's what she said. <laughs> my friend Lauren came over, and she got kind of, she said, she got really nerded out. She, I'm not calling her nerdy. She said, I got totally nerded out on this. But she had, like, stats and data and everything that one of these um, websites had sent her about, like, your pictures and what to do for that. And it was... I loved it because it was totally reinforcing some of the advice I've given. Like, don't wear sunglasses. Right. Um, Have a smile on your first profile. Don't have people, other people in your pictures. It should just be pictures of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, but I recommend Bumble. Okay. Bumble's where I have had the the most success this year myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tinder being kind of like the lower one. So think about, like, Bumble's good, Tinder's not. Right. Um, Hinge is really good. Okay. okay, Cupid is kind of in the middle. Uh, it depends on what you're looking for. Right. I have had some people who were in open relationships again the ethical non-monogamy say that OK Cupid's uh. nice because you can put your partner, you can link your partner's profile to it. So if you know okay. the other person's coming in, they can actually check in and make sure, like, okay, you're actually open. All right. Right. Because that is one thing in that community that's a concern is. Everything needs to be on the level.
0: Oh yes, you
1: know this can't be about secrets, hiding, cheating. It's none of no. that. It's not a cover for cheating. It right. is literally ethical non-monogamy. Right. It is your partner and you have made this decision. Your partner knows. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, it's up to each couple to decide what level of detail is shared or how much interaction there is between partners. Right. But okay, cupid, you can do that link so that they know for sure. Oh, you actually are in a permissible, open relationship. Right. Um, The League is kind of one of the lower ones. It's very expensive. You don't get many matches. It's right. It's billed as being, like, this elite dating sites for and my friend. She was like, I signed up for it. She didn't do the paid version. Right. But there's, like, a waiting period for it. And then she's like, everyone wow. on there is, like, lawyers or bankers or financers and private equity and... Hmm. A lot of Ivy League people, so there's not a lot of those folks in Kansas City. Um, of course, if you're not caring where someone is, but, um, I suppose she was like, "That's just that was so pretentious. It was just not my my bag." But I guess there's people out there who would enjoy that. So right, uh, what about my the old, bag either? Not your bag. No. What about the old Match.com? Uh, match is kind of in the middle. Yeah. Match takes work. Match takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Match, quite honestly, is. And there's not a lot of, like, 20s, thirties, somethings on there. Mm-hmm. It's more for 40s, 50s, 60s. So, right. like, just be conscientious of, like, yeah, there's some there's some issues with, like, ageism in that. Right. Um, but, I don't know, it's just a platform that's slightly clunky. It's not the easiest platform to use. Um, yeah, and not really that high quality from what a lot of people who have used it have, have shared. So, right. Um, oh, gosh, what was the one that she was saying was so good? Because, again, I'm only on a few. Facebook has a dating app right now, or dating. That's what I heard. It's nice because it's not your friends. It's, like, friends of friends. Yeah. Um, And you can use a tab of, like, people who have already liked you so that you're not just going through random people. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of nice. I don't know. It speeds up the process a little bit. And that's usually a premium feature on other apps.
0: So. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I mean, it's interesting, you have to meet somebody somewhere.
1: Yeah, you have to meet somewhere. And I think that people should do the dating apps, but they should also be trying to meet people in real life. I mean, the holidays are coming up. It can actually be a really great time of year to meet people. Some people are like, oh, isn't the holidays kind of a strange time to date? I'm like, no, I think this is the perfect time to start trying to date somebody. Why is that? Um, well, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are actually in a much more chipper mood this time of year. You know, Good yes, there's point. some people who are grumpy, but honestly, I feel like people's true personalities kind of come out this time of year. Good point. So it's a little bit easier gauge of like what people are like. Right. Um, plus, there's just a lot of things to do this time of year. There's holiday parties, right. there's pop up bars, um, there's ice skating, there's just all sorts of things to go do. Plus, you're often out shopping. you right. may maybe in places you're not normally going to, so you've got the chance to meet new people. Good
0: point. Yeah. All right. Well, and it's a festive time of year. You kind of, yeah, like you said, you're in a good mood already, and there's kind of a low-pressure type of things. like, you're so busy with the holidays, there's no real pressure to be anything but lighthearted and yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Plus, you
1: know, if you're at a company holiday party that's at a big restaurant or main event or, you know, like, you're probably around other people, keep your eyes open for other people. Um, you yeah, just, you just never know when you can meet somebody when you're when you're dating. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. Now, are you dating anybody? Yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. A couple people. Couple. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Keep it fun. Keep it lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's fun I got too. One that caught my eye, but you got one that cut got one that, one that caught my eye. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're gonna work your magic. I know. Uh I mean. <laughs>
1: You're blushing about him. Yeah, no, I like him a lot. So, okay,
0: yeah. good. Awesome. And so in your full disclosure with, you know, all of your people you're interested in. Oh,
1: yes. No, they all, they all, I mean, I am dating multiple people right now. Yeah. They know. Um, <clears throat> again, it's just one of those things if I'm always honest, I'm not trying to get anybody to no. think that, you know. It's all about full disclosure. And it, and it feels, it's so freeing and so... And I used to just be honest, like, hey, you're not the only person I'm dating. I enjoy your company. This is, you know, we're going to keep enjoying each other's company. But, right. you know, I am dating around. So. Yeah. And it could help these people to, you know, up their game, too. Yeah, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've got some competition. I should be my best self. That's the thing. All I want is someone who I'm, that I'm trying to just move about in the world being my best self. I feel yeah. like that's all I'm just trying to attract is people out there trying to be the, their best selves.
0: Uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful thing.
1: When you radiate desire.
0: When you <laughs> radiate desire. Yeah. yeah. You invite
1: it in. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Though, And that's why we do this Radiate Wellness podcast. You know, there are people who just walk into a room and you say, that person's got desire, right? Definitely I feel like I'm desire. that
1: person. There's, you are. I, people walk in and they just start talking to me about their love life and their sexuality and... Yeah,
0: yeah. because you invite it and you listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: beautiful. Thank you. And you're a safe person. You're not a weirdo. Right? Right? Honestly, that's kind of why I started the podcast, because I felt like once people listen to an episode or two, they'd be like, oh, I could totally talk about sex with her.
0: Right. And yeah. you've had people approach you after the podcast and say, mm-hmm. I listen to you, and I know that I could I could work with you. Yes. Yes. I have. I think that's beautiful, because when you're talking about something that intimate, that vulnerable. You do have to have a trust before you even enter into that conversation to that, right? Absolutely. That's why I do Facebook Lives, so that people can get to know me,
1: and it's important. Can I be real? I hate myself on video. Oh, (laughs) honey. I have the hardest time doing Facebook Lives. I don't know. I'm so critical of myself with that, because audio is so easy to edit. You just cut and paste. It is. Video, you know, you do it live; like it's out there. It's out
0: there. Well, I know we did a, I a work live and a, a yeah. You need a coach,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> well, Global Entrepreneurship Week helped me break that through was a little wonderful. bit Wonderful, yeah. yeah.
0: You did a panel for Global Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. Week,
1: yes,
0: and it was about what's what's love got to do with it. Yes, where people in relationships, either married or maybe serious relationships, are in business together too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that would be hard. It can be hard, yes. Right. It can be hard. Because you've got
0: your problems at home that you don't want
1: to take into work with you. And that's your exactly, problems at work that you wanna don't want to take home with you. And that was exactly what I wanted my panel to explore with people in the audience. Right. Is, like there's gotta be some separation. I think I helped show that with, you know, some of the questions that I asked them. Um, and and also showing that it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing to be in business with your partner. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah. I and think so some many people, people shy away. Exactly. I think they shy away from mm-hmm. it or they shy away from being completely honest and vulnerable with their partner because they don't right. want them to like shit on their dreams. Sorry right. if I say that. Nah, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they want them to like yeah, exactly. crap on their dreams. Right. But um it, it does require that complete honesty and vulnerability between partners for oh, an entrepreneur like, to make their business work even if their partner yeah. is not a part of the business right it does it's going to affect the relationship in some way shape or Absolutely. form it's up to you to decide how it affects it mm-hmm. but i did cite research from a Good. dutch study that said that mm-hmm. when they look at entrepreneurs and small businesses mm-hmm. there's actually no effect on their level of happiness between couples who are in like not in that kind of scenario like it's it's even Stevens. It's not going to negatively affect it. It's not going to positively affect it. Okay. So it's it's okay. It's more about how yeah. do you treat your partner. How do you bring your work home? Right. And that be, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or a small business owner.
0: That's true. I mean, as a small business owner, I mean you're like pretty much always working, mm-hmm. and then making when it, in a couple making time for the other person.
1: Yep. You got to still make your partner a priority.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and being a small business owner, you know, too, that it really helps to have a supportful, a supportive partner.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Somebody who doesn't understand and who doesn't support that. It's, it makes it really hard.
1: Yeah. And, you know, with what I do, that's something that I'm looking through as I'm dating is of course. who understands what I do right. and doesn't, like, fetishize it. Um, who Who's supportive of my right. dreams, my goals, my aspirations that I have right. for building this business because I want to... I love coaching people one on one, but I want to move beyond that one day. Um, oh, really? So Moving aspirations.
0: Li- well, yeah, you aspire to be the modern day Doctor Ruth. Yes, <laughs> I think you're fast on your way to do
1: that. I mean, I want to write books. I want to write screenplays. Okay. I want to do TED talks. I want to give seminars for people, whether it's online or in person. And right. Affect, I don't want to just affect like hundreds of lives. I want to affect thousands of lives be a thought leader in the relationship and dating and sex thank you for saying thought leader not influencer because oh no
0: no, different no no No, no. no. influencers (laughs) are a puff of smoke no i have no
1: and that's one thing is i'm doing this i'm not i'm not peddling products i'm not i'm not selling myself there's a lot of that's and it's fine there's no there's no judgment about people who show their bodies or do sexy photo shoots or have themselves in lingerie on their websites That's their gig. That's their thing. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's not mine. That's not you. It's because what I'm I'm trying to sell, again, with being open-the-doors coaching, Mm -hmm. it is about me, but it's not about me. Right. I'm just the vessel that helps people move forward in life. But it's not about me and I'm, like, the best coach and I'm going to do these things for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm never really out there selling me as the product. It's about my services and how I help people.
0: Is that? Absolutely. And I think that's what makes you so approachable. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything? Oh, bless your heart. Um, Is there anything we haven't talked about that you think that you would like to talk about that we haven't mentioned that you think is important?
1: Okay, When I think about radiating desire and how people can do that more and more every day. (gasps) Yes. I think that starting your day off with you know a lot of people are doing affirmations Mm -hmm. that you need to think about your sexuality in that too. Oh, love it. Like, what are you doing for yourself Mm -hmm. to feel desirable and to show desire, if you're in a partner situation, to another person? Right. How are you making them feel desired and wanted and loved and cared for in the way that you want those things? Yeah. And learn your love languages. If you know your love language and your partner's love language and actually practice them, like, hardcore do them. Don't just read the book and go like, okay, I know what it is. Like, actually do the things. Show love they need it in the way that they need it and... You know, receive. Talk to them about how you need to receive your love too, yes. and actually do it. It will make a tremendous difference in your
0: relationship. That's huge. That's huge. And for anybody who's not aware, the love languages, love languages, are well, it's a book. It the five love languages by right. Gary Chapman. Right, mm-hmm. and the love book. languages are uh, acts of service. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Uh, gifts. Right? Receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Receiving gifts. Um, Quality affl- time.
1: Yeah. Um, Physical touch and words of affirmation.
0: Right, yeah. I figured you would know them. Mm i kind of bungle them. But Mm -hmm. just how your partner likes to, or how you like to receive receive love. love. Mm -hmm. I think that's important because we all, I mean, we have languages for everything. How I receive, I don't know, how I receive feedback. Right, right. exactly. yeah. 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 We have languages about everything. We're also individuals, so I think that's what the you know, men are from v- men are from Mars and women are from Venus kind of started that. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is a different person. They have different goals. They have different expectations. They have mm-hmm. different ways of approaching things. Maybe we should understand that. Yeah. Right? And then we get to the five love languages and how to understand how another person receives love. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And
1: I think it's important to also see that you have to show your partner love in a little bit of each of the ways so sure. them to feel fulfilled. And oftentimes when I'm starting to work with a couple... And they say, well, this is my love language. I'm like, well, that's because it's what you're most starved for. You are not Ooh. getting anything in that area. Love it. That's why it's coming to the surface right now. Right. But I bet if we fulfilled that for you, you'd find that it might balance out.
0: Right. Because yeah, cool, there I is see. an
1: online quiz you can take. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I send couples to do the online quiz, and especially if the male partner has already expressed that there's uneven desire in a couple, comes back like 80 90 percent physical touch i'm like duh
0: because you're not
1: getting any right you are not getting any physical touch whatsoever so i have found that when i get the couples to get back to a better place and they redo the quiz it kind of balances back out and their true love language will actually come out oh isn't that interesting so it's it's once you're in a really good place i think Mm -hmm. that the love languages can really help you like solidify your relationship but the quiz at first kind of is like let's identify the problem area and then let's get you some balance that's a good point. Well, in the the physical touch being a love language, it's not just the it's not you know, just about sex. It's not just about sex. It can be about like do you touch each other exactly. like when you're walking with each other, do you hold, hold hands? hands. hmm Yeah. That's one thing about my pat- parents. Mm-hmm. They kiss goodbye, they kiss hello, they hold yes. hands, they touch each other, they rub each other's feet, they sit next to each other on the couch. Yeah. Like they are always in physical contact with each other. Right. right it's it's adorable kind of sickeningly adorable but i mean
0: they, know, they know how to
1: make it work R- right yeah. exactly and but then i bet know. neither of them would say that physical touch is their top love language
0: really mm-hmm. yeah well because they
1: get that fulfilled
0: mm-hmm. they get it fulfilled that's yeah. wonderful now what's your website open the doors .com.
1: Mm-hmm. and do you have an office or do you work with people online I work in an office and online. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping to have my very own dedicated office space by Q2. I set some goals and intentions for the year. Perfect. Um, But currently I office at a few different locations throughout the city, but I can work with anybody nationwide thanks to technology. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, Yeah,
0: we do have listeners all over the world. So lovely. Yeah, they can get in touch with you at Mm
1: openthedoorscoaching.com. They can also find me on Facebook,
0: Twitter, and Instagram fantastic you're all over the place i try to be i love (laughs) it i'm just glad that you had the time to sit down with me and talk to me
1: thank you for having me this is what i really
0: appreciate thank you Kristen. radiate wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the kansas city area dedicated to helping you create spiritual energetic and physical well-being To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at RadiateWellnessCommunity.com.